We usually try and partner with a food bank because yeah. usually they know who all of the players are in their community and they help us get Smart. the RFP out. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome to episode 29. And I'm so excited. We have a great guest on today. Tracy Thompson from Restaurant Facility Management Association, otherwise known as RIFMA. And I'm excited because uh, Tracy is the executive director and CEO, and we're talking about the organization. But more importantly, we're talking about the power of associations and when they come together, what they can do to help other people. And we're they're doing that through RIFMA Gives. So I'm excited for you guys to hear about it. I've been participating in it for the last five years. It's changed my life. It's changed lots of people's lives. It's a platform for the members of this association to come together and really help people in a very substantial, uh, massive effort all one time. You guys do not have to wait to help people uh, once a year, whether it's Christmas or if it's some kind of event in your life. I encourage you guys, everyone, to give back. I believe we're here to serve other people every single day of our lives. And I wanted to share this episode and I'm excited about it because the power of people when they come together to change people's lives is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I'm blessed that you guys are here listening to me every week. I'm excited to be able to share this. So stay tuned. You do not want to miss this. But before that, here's a word from our sponsor. CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Incorporated, corporate citizenship isn't just a buzzword. Their team volunteers all over the country and devotes time to help others in a wide variety of organizations. They want to unlock people's potential and elevate their quality of life one project at a time. Learn more at cgpconstruction.com. Welcome to FM Evolution. I'm your host, Sean Black. And today we're talking to Tracy Thompson, the Restaurant Facility Management Association uh, CEO. I'm so excited to have uh, her on. She's actually the executive director and CEO of RIFMA and uh, is, of course, an integral part of the organization's success since 2005. So uh, for RIFMA, their core purpose is to promote the advancement uh, of the restaurant facility management professionals. So we're excited to have Tracy on and, and hopefully she can tell us a little bit more about the organization. And of course, today we're going to be talking about RIFMA guests. Tracy, welcome to the show. Hi, Sean. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I love RIFMA. You know that. I've, I've always like going in there, and, and I, we're getting so close to RIFMA Gives. We're about a week away, so I'm excited to hear more about it and see how things are going and see what's going on with it. All right. Well, I'm happy to share uh, share what I can. So, <laughs> Awesome. Um, well, welcome to the show. Know. Thanks. So, uh, for those who may not know you, um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about you and then and maybe something fun and that someone may not know. Okay. Uh, well, I have been with RIFMA since our ex- inception. And um, so we uh, are about to celebrate our 15th anniversary, awesome. which is coming up here in a couple of months. And uh, so I've been here since the beginning. So I'm employee number one. Started out um, working from home with a, a Mr. Parcel P.O. box is, is nice. how Rifma started, and we've we've grown quite a bit 
since then. So uh, my my background was not in association management. I really didn't even know that existed as a career path. Uh, my background was actually in radio. So I was a radio promotions director. And most recently, prior to being with RIFMA, I had been at K-Love Radio 98.7, Oldies Radio in Dallas. Love K-Love. So, yeah. <laughs> K-Love, your oldies. There you go. That's awesome. So that, that was where I was. And then I stayed home for several years with kids and was ready to go back to work. And this opportunity just became available. And so I like to say RIFMA and I kind of grew up together along with my Youngest daughter who was in kindergarten when I started with RIFMA and is now about to turn 21 and is a junior in college. So crazy. Yeah, that's right. It is crazy how fast that goes. My kids are are in high school and I don't even know what to do anymore. (laughs) It's so weird, you know? Um, Well, I'm excited to have you on. I love to ask uh, my guests. I've been asking this recently because I'm fascinated with what people are reading. So I'd love to know what you're, what you're, uh, what you're reading right now. Well, I am an avid reader. Um, I've always got a bunch of books loaded up in my Kindle. So um, I've actually got two books going right now. Uh, One is uh, I love psychological thrillers. So I'm reading a book called The Silent Patient Nice um, by Alex Michaels. And then um, I do Audible, which is kind of a new thing that I I like to walk and run. And if I'm on a a car trip, I do Audible. And so I've got an Audible book going. I like to do memoirs on Audible, especially ones that are... um, that are read by the author. And so I'm reading a book right now called Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies I've Loved by Kate Bowler. Nice. And um, it's a, she's a Duke Divinity professor who at 35 was diagnosed with uh, stage four colon cancer. Oh, wow. And um, she had subscribed all her life to um, you know the theory that everything happens for a reason, but if you work hard and have a positive attitude that all good things will happen to you. And she learned uh, at this terrible time that that's not exactly the case, but it just talks about how she gets through it with, um, with humor and grace. And uh, so it's, it's my inspirational reading. So Ah, see, (laughs) that's why I asked. That's an awesome book. Add it to my list too. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Really. It's only for me. So (laughs) I'm just trying to get into good books. Purely personal. Purely personal. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> I love to hear that. Um, for those who are not familiar with the Restaurant Facility Management Association, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. Uh, we were started, as I said, 15 years ago, November 15th, 2004, to be exact, was when our Articles of Incorporation were signed. But during that year, it was started uh, when a, a vendor, um, Joe Robertson with Rightway Facility Services, uh, was talking to some of his customers and uh discovered they all had the same problems and pain yeah. points. And he said, yeah, you guys should really talk to each other. I bet you could learn a lot from each other and how you solve these problems. And so it really just started out with Joe bringing together some of his customers, um, such as you know people from Brinker and Fridays and Ruby Tuesdays. And they all kind of sat around a table and they're like, wow, this is cool. Is Can cool. we do this more often? How do, how do we make this official? So they started doing some research into um, – what do you do to, to create an association? And um, that's kind of where it started. So we like to say that RIFMA was built by restaurant facility professionals for restaurant facility professionals because that's really how we started. So that was uh, that was our beginning. Oh, I love that. <clears throat> I love kind of hear the how things get started. And, and yep. um, RIFMA is unique. 
I will tell you that after, you know, after being in several other organizations or associations, I really enjoy RIFMA. Just, it seems like the unity and just the uh, camaraderie is so different to me personally. It's just my personal opinion. I love it. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. I do think, I do think it's because there's really no place else that this group comes together. So um, there is a special bond. Uh, Restaurants have, uh, have unique needs. Um, There are of course facilities um, of all types, but restaurants have unique needs with, you know, with their, their food service element and equipment and things that are beyond, you know, a a box. So that makes, uh, that makes for unique sets of problems and they just love the to, things to that find happen in restaurants if certain things aren't working then you can't open your doors and you can't uh you can't fry you can't keep things refrigerated so you've, you've got to you've got to know how to keep the doors open and that's that's <laughs> the key so well today i wanted to have you on because we're going to talk about rhythmic gives yes. rhythmic is a big part now really of what rhythmic does um, and we've, I've done a couple, last couple of years and every year it seems to get better. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about this year. Sure. Um, well, Riff McGiff started, um, our first project was in 2011, but prior to that, probably in 2008, um, I went to an industry conference for association executives. It was a national conference, mm. association executives from all over the country and all over the world. Um, and I saw a keynote speaker talk about, um, social responsibility in the restaurant, not in the restaurant, in the association industry and how you are a place where all of these people, like-minded people are coming together and you should be utilizing that, harnessing that power. And they call in within this organization that's called ASAE, the American Society of Association Executives, they call it the power of A, the power of associations. And that we should be harnessing that power to do something beyond what our mission is, which is for us to serve restaurant facility management professionals. Right. So I was intrigued by that at the time. I am a, um, a volunteer servant myself in my community. And I know that so many other people have that same passion in their own communities, at their schools and at their churches and, and with causes that they believe in um, in the areas that they live. So I was intrigued at the time, but we were still young. We were still building our brand. And I didn't know if we were quite ready for it. So I sort of held back for a couple of years. And then we were having a board meeting actually in Texas in 2010. And I brought it up with my board at that time. And I said, I think we are ready. We've grown to a certain size at that point. We'd established ourselves and we, you know, our brand was strong and I thought it was time. So um, we really did it because we wanted it to be something that our members could come together with a common goal and utilize that volunteer spirit that so many people have. But it would also bring our members together, vendors and restaurateurs that in some cases, I don't want to say they're on opposite sides, they are partners, but this would just give them another casual way to partner and get to know each other outside of handing someone a brochure or a business card. And doing something that's just a bigger, you know, a bigger calling, Uh, you know, not about day-to-day business. Exactly. Yeah. And so we talked about, what would make sense? There's obviously so many causes out there and it just seemed like a perfect fit to help nonprofit food service organizations because we all support and work for 
for-profit food service organization. <laughs> so a kitchen is a kitchen, um, whether you're giving your food away or, um, or selling it. So it made sense. So that, the, the, the cause became really very clear very quickly. And our first project was in 2011 in Costa Mesa, California, at a very small soup kitchen that a, 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 the, that the then owner, her grandma, had started years before just to, to make soup at lunchtime for, for hungry people in her community. And um, when we called, we found them and, and called them and said we wanted to remodel their kitchen, they were very doubtful. Awesome. Like, who are you? What do you like want to do? Like, who for what? Yeah, who is, what's a rifna? So, uh, but that we all just had so much fun doing that and saw the good that we could do and our members were excited and it really just exploded and it has just grown exponentially since then. But that was when and how it all started. I don't know how many, I don't know if you guys really, I think people have a good idea, but you guys really change and touch people's lives in a huge way with this project every single year. My first Rifmigues was in San Diego, and that was for the El Cajon Transitional Living Center. So we got involved. Our president uh, and CEO of the company is still involved in the organization. I am still now involved with the organization and trying to help out. Uh, So I don't think that that's uncommon. I think what happens is people start getting involved in these organizations and, and really start feeling um, drawn to helping people, you know, we're all servant leaders in this industry. We really are. And so I'd love that, you know, you guys give us an outlet to really connect and do more every single year. It's really, really cool. Well, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Jim is a great example of that. It happens so often that our volunteers, because a lot of them are from the surrounding area of the project that they their hearts get touched so much that they end up volunteering, serving on a board like Jim did and, uh, it's it's very common that that happens. There is yeah, and so there's so many people who volunteer services, materials, equipment. It's it's crazy exactly. the amount of generosity that everyone has in this in this industry. Yeah, it's just it's, it's amazing. It truly is says it's touching. Um, I was going to ask you, what do you think is the biggest challenge with these projects every year? I mean, um, it's gotta be, I'm sure it's different, but. Right. Yeah. Each, each project does bring about its own set of challenges. Um, you know, uh, some, some years, uh, different materials are harder to get than others. You know, some yeah. of the, some of the big things that are asked for sometimes are ceiling tiles, uh, flooring, uh, refrigeration. We, we, several years we have installed walk-in coolers Yeah, and that's a we're big just part. like, we're, we always panic. Oh no, who's going to donate a walk-in cooler? That's a lot of, that's a lot of money for someone to invest. And then sure enough, our members surprise us every year and they yeah. come through, they step up. So, uh, you know, I think Jeff has that panic moment at the beginning of every year when we see that wish list <laughs> come through and, uh, but I, we're just always amazed at how people come through. Jeff Dover. I love that man. <laughs> he is so awesome. Every year he gets he so emotionally tied into these projects and he, he shows does. it. It's just, it's awesome. <laughs> He's so he much does. fun to work with he too. <laughs> is it hard to choose an organization that, you know, the, or the, the charity? Um, years ago, after our first uh, two or three of these projects, we developed um, one of our project managers actually developed an RFP for us so that we would 
sort of have some guidelines and, and an application form of sorts that we could put out to the organizations in the community. We usually try and partner with a food bank because yeah. usually they know who all of the players are in their community and they help us get Smart. the RFP out. And um, th- there were some criteria that we're looking for. Uh, primarily, we want them to own their own building because we don't want to help put a lot of um, you know materials and, and money into a building that yeah, they're going to get theirs. kicked it's out of tough. in a year. Um, we also are looking for people that don't have a lot of outside funding sources. They're not getting state money or federal money that what we would do would make um, a significant difference, have yeah. a huge impact on them. And then, of course, when we, we ask them to, to give us their wish list, and we want to compare that to what we know our members can provide. So those are some of the criteria that we're looking for. And then, as Jeff mm-hmm. will say, the hardest thing after that is choosing one because we want to help everybody. They all are doing something important in their community. Um, so it's it's hard not to help everybody. And, and sometimes along the way, we've we've been able to get someone a piece of equipment or do something small for one of the other projects that we didn't select, but yeah. that we knew that we could help out in some way. So that's probably the hardest part is, is just <laughs> wanting to help everybody. So I love the project. It, you know, even with all the challenges, you're bringing all these good hard people together and they're able to connect, help out the organization. Volunteer day is always an organized chaos. It's, it, it is. <laughs> there's so many people going everywhere and somehow everything gets done. And you guys got it going on. You have the organization. There's people with tools running everywhere and different teams. Mm-hmm. Last year was so organized. It was really, really cool. Um, what do you? What was the biggest surprise you've had over the years doing uh, doing these uh, these events? You know, I think probably what we talked about earlier was I'm I'm always surprised and touched by how passionate our members get about doing this um and how how much pride they feel in being a part of this how they fly from all over the country to come crazy amount of miles it's you know they they take their kids they bring their families i saw that last year it was awesome there's a lot of people doing that it's true and they're just so so proud to be a part of it and um that makes us all feel great about about what we do and when we hired jeff almost six years ago um, because this project had become so big and RIFMA wanted to invest even more time because it was becoming such a burden on the volunteer leaders. We thought we really, this is that important to our members that we want to make sure we've got a staff person that's dedicated to this. And Jeff has had never volunteered in his life. Um, And now he's running this big volunteer project and you know he just becomes a puddle of tears. Uh, I know. I know. It is so the, so touched by it, it is. I love it. It's almost something I can count on every year. At yeah. This point. Right. We we all have bets on how how long it will take Jeff to cry <laughs> and do his speech. Um, so I, I think it's that's it, it's it's a surprise and it's not a surprise every year. But just I know, to see I, that the incitement that people have um, as, of being a part of it. I love to see the emotion um, yeah. with Jeff, but but everybody mm-hmm. really who's connected to this. Um, so this year is Stout Street Foundation uh, in Commerce City. And can you tell me a little bit more about this organization in particular? 
So um, Stout Street uh, is, I'm going to pull up, Jeff Jeff sent me a, a pretty good description. Awesome. Um, he's been working really closely with their team. That That's the other thing too. Je- uh, we become so close with yes. their you, staff. You become friends huh, over the director. years. Yes, absolutely. That, um, that we've had, we've had projects uh, from year to year once they find out who the next project is, they want to talk to those project, you know, those next projects and just let them know you have no idea how your life is about to change. It's um, crazy. When Riff, when and Riff they really don't, they, they really don't know. People. I mean, and, but I always love the faces of the, of the organization, you know, leadership when, yes. you know, <laughs> 150, 200 plus people like invade their little, uh, you know, their facility and like their they're space. everywhere doing stuff. It's crazy. Exactly. So, so Stout Street, their mission statement is to provide a supportive therapeutic community for addicts and alcoholics to help them help themselves so they can return to society as recovering, productive, and responsible citizens. Mm-hmm. So it's similar to some of the other, some of the other organizations and it's, it's helping with short-term and long-term uh, treatment and then just helping to get them back into the workforce and uh, just turn their lives around. So, um, you know, we're just here to, to help improve their facilities so that they can serve more people more efficiently. So, awesome. And they serve um, about, they, uh, about uh, 300 people per year um, are served through their organization. And they've been amazing. around for 40 years. So they've been, they've been doing this. Hey, they, they've done, they're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, they are. Exactly. Well, I tell you, there's, there is no shortage, uh, especially t- in today, uh, today's world of people who need help and people whose lives uh, need little, uh, just a little boost. And, you know, and, and things that you guys are doing are, I'm proud to be a part of the organization, because, uh, not just because of this, but multiple reasons. And it's just, it's cool to see us be able to help those people and help these organizations. Um, before wrapping up, yeah, I wanted to know kind of like how others can get involved with the Riff and Gives projects. What's the best way to get involved? Uh, really the best way, we do have a blog that Jeff uh, maintains that you can subscribe to on the RIFMA website. You can always reach out to Jeff Dover, which is just Jeff at RIFMAonline.com and let him know that you want to help, you know, this year or on future projects. Our, our next conference is in Charlotte in 2021. So that'll be where our next um, RIFMA Gives project will be. And we'll start looking for that. Um, usually sometime around uh, the 2020 conference, we'll be looking for that project. So, uh, that's really the best way is just to keep in touch with Jeff, follow the blog, um, find out what's going on. There still are some things for Stout Street that we're looking for. So if you reach out to Jeff, he might be able to tell you what some of the, the holes are in, in the materials or equipment that we need. Nice. And uh, yeah. Well, we will it. reach out to Jeff. Um, Jeff, get ready for your email to blow up there, buddy. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put it on, on the show notes and uh, I'll try to get a list of things that Jeff from Jeff that we still need. Yeah, yeah, great. We we've got that. we've got about 160 volunteers uh, registered for next weekend, so it's going to be a full day with lots of landscaping and painting and I'm ready um, scraping and sanding picnic tables. It's going to be a busy day, but we're going to have fun, and the weather is going to be beautiful. So that'll I, I can't wait. I'm excited, <laughs> Tracy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, what is what's the next big event after this for Rifma? Uh, well, 
our 15th anniversary coming up in November. We'll be doing some sort of event here at our new Riffmore offices in Frisco, Texas. So nice. stay tuned for a word on that. And then, of course, the Riffmore Annual Conference in Denver, oh uh, which is um, March 8th through 10th at the Gaylord Rockies. So we look forward to seeing everybody there. And thanks for having me, Sean. appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I think every year that timeline gets shorter. It feels like it's always coming. So excited to see what happens. And then uh, we'll see you at the show. See you there. Thanks, Sean. You bet.